Next on BYUSN, BYU football's coaching staff is set, quarterback and running back both in place, so what's next on the priority list? And if March Madness expands to 90 teams, is that terrible or awesome? More the merrier! What? Maybe that improves BYU's chances. We'll have that conversation in just a moment. Welcome to BYU Sports Days, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, January 4th. I am Spencer Linton. He is BYU football offseason trainer, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I'm just getting the, getting the guys going uh, right now. We don't even know who all the guys are, but whoever's in there, they're going. Make sure they know about the macros and micros that Chase Fisher so taught us about micronutrients seven years ago. They right? need to worry about. When, do, when does class start for BYU students? Is it Monday? Monday? Are students in here, like, chilling? Just in time just working, to getting return that so lettuce. that they can... They can Get back in the mode before the Gonzaga game happens at the Marriott. Gonzaga is in town next Thursday. Yes. I don't think we've sort of realized that. The team can take it one game at a time. We take it like three to seven games at a time, okay? <laughs> Gonzaga in town next week. But uh, on today's show, Loaded, what's the next step for Cougar football this offseason? We will discuss March Madness perhaps looks to expand, what that could mean for BYU. Mark Pope updates the status of guard Trevin Nell. New linebackers coach Justin Enna joins the program. And BYU's lone top 300 ESPN signee tight end Jackson Bowers on why he chose the Cougars over the likes of Alabama, USC, LSU, and Oregon. Oh, and Utah. Here are today's headlines. I thought you said the show was busy. Sheesh. BYU football announces the signing of Utah State transfer offensive lineman Waylon Lapuaho, the former three-star recruit, hails from South Jordan, Utah. Stands six feet, four inches, 310 pounds. He started all 13 games for the Aggies this past season. Also of note, BYU offensive lineman Harris Lachance commits to the NFL PA Bowl. That, as he pursues an NFL career, the game's scheduled for January 28th at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Who said BYU didn't play in the Rose Bowl after all? BYU head coach Mark Pope told the media Trevin Nell went through a full practice yesterday but still has a ways to go. You know, I'm still telling him he's not allowed to use his hands on defense. He's not allowed to go rebound anything. He's, you know, really the only thing he's allowed to do is run around and shoot. And so we'll need him to be capable of doing more than that. Um, you know, when he comes back, although that will be super helpful. Wait, isn't that what he's been doing since 2019? Shooting? That's his main gig, right? Certainly. I kid. The Cougars play LMU tomorrow night, 11 Eastern on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Radio pregame starts at 10 Eastern. A sneaky big game. BYU men's volleyball currently two spots outside the top 15 in the AVCA preseason poll. Cougar season opener this Friday, January 6th, against McKendry at 9 Eastern. Then BYU will host number 14 Lewis on Saturday, also at 9 Eastern, live from the Smithfield House and live on BYU TV. It's the first time in the 34-year history of the program BYU starts the season unranked in the poll. No expectations, young and hungry group, excited to see them grow together. Beat McKendry. <laughs> Let's start with that. Track and field signed Zach Bingham, a pole vaulter from Gilbert, Arizona. It's a pole vaulter's paradise in Provo. There's a lot of alliteration happening there. Almost too much. Eric Mika scores 23 points, grabbed 15 rebounds in a G League Ignite 119-116 victory over Birmingham. Brandon Davies had 23 points as well. Four rebounds, four assists in an Armani Exchange Milano win. Sounds so prestigious. Ar yeah, yeah, you did, well, you did say Armani. Yeah. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. He's going to go in. Touchdown, Keanu Hill. And it's a touchdown to Cody Epps. Pink Hero Party running away from the vendors. Rex makes the catch. Touchdown, Chase Roberts. 
The BYU football defensive staff is all set. In fact, we'll speak with Justin Enna later today. He was the final piece on that side. Offensive staff not really having any change happen there. And BYU's got their quarterback. They got Aiden Robbins as the running back. Let's play some games. Let's go. So, Jerem, what's the next priority for BYU football right now in the offseason with all these pieces coming into place? I've got a couple. Uh, one is the strength and conditioning coach. Okay. BYU let go of Nu'u Tafisi after several years. Um, that's a big one. And I think it's a big one, obviously, because strength and conditioning matters. But BYU's been so hurt over the last couple of years, I can't scientifically or even medically approach the connection between strength and conditioning and injuries, but it feels like there's some connection, at least mildly. Um, hopefully, BYU can be in a position to be as healthy as possible. You get hurt in football, obviously. Number two, defensive line. Um, mm. This defense will be predicated on effective defensive lines. That's what Utah's been doing so effectively for a long time. That's what Sione Puha did so well as the D-tackle coach up at uh, Utah. Isaiah Bagna comes in from Boise State. Jackson Cravens as well following Kelly Papinga. Those are nice additions to bolster that group with uh, a guy like Tyler Batty, who's yeah. expected to be uh, even better. So hopefully D-line can trigger this new defense for BYU. And then the third one is this. Um, I think BYU needs another quarterback, uh, a capable backup behind Keaton Slovis. Cade Fennigan certainly will play into that competition there, but Keaton's going to be the number one, clearly, with his experience uh, at, at the Power 5 level and his NFL potential. Last two years haven't been great for Keaton. A lot has gone into that, as we mentioned. But um, I think perhaps like a Juco quarterback. Yeah, there's a certain number in. one ranked Juco quarterback yes, out there. It's not official. Yes, there is. Uh, and it'd be great to have him at BYU. I think that's there. Obviously, O-line sticks out as well. You mentioned that in our pre-show um, call today. Yes, you've lost um, three starters on the offensive line and two of the capable backups in Campbell Barrington and Joe Tukawafu. So um, next up, Braden Kime, Sonny Makasina, Lisa Tai, Sam Daw, Ben Ward, Wayne Lapuahu, you just mentioned. So there's, there's guys there. But BYU walked into 09, by the way, in a similar situation as this. Not the number one pass-blocking team in the country and number 12 run-blocking. But 09, we were like, oh, who are they going to have when they face Oklahoma? And they ran into Oklahoma effectively. So it doesn't mean BYU is going to stink on offense, the offensive line. It's just like, oh, you had this real nice two-year run of several NFL guys. I think in five years we're going to look back at this O-line and go, oh, my gosh, there were like five NFL yes. dudes that were a part of that group. And why they were the number one rated pass blocking offensive line. 22. Now, BYU's running back certainly needed to play better this year to take advantage of that. Yes. I'm going to stay with the offensive line because right now – I'm looking on paper, okay, if BYU had to roll out an offensive line for game number one against Sam Houston State right now, yeah. who, who would it be? Well, certainly Connor Pay and Kingsley Suamata'ia are leading the charge right there. The coaches love Lasalatai. They think he is going to be an NFL guy. Right tackle, probably. monster, yes. Brayden Kime's going to compete there. Kingsley Suamata'ia, I, I put him in Sharpie at left tackle. Yes, 100%. Waylon Lapuaho, because he has 13 games of experience and started as a freshman at Utah State, comes in and could be an immediate contributor. Left or right guard, perhaps? We still haven't heard official word on Blake Freeland. I'm assuming he's gone. But, we're yeah, we're assuming that he's gone because he's a projected second or third round pick right now. I'd love to have him back, though. So unless he wants to, awesome. like, unless he feels like he can come back and become a sure thing All-American and first-round first round pick, 
Maybe he's Perhaps. feeling like he can come back. But he hasn't announced that he's gone just yet. But, yeah. I mean, just probably for our own sanity, we're like, okay, yeah, we're not going to plan if on you come back, it's back. a bonus. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the thing that that really hurts, along with losing the Barrington brothers, is is that the tragic loss of Sione Vecoso. Because he was expected to compete on this offensive line. And yeah. now his family's dealing with tragic circumstances of yes. his untimely death. Uh, and that that's another gap for BYU to have to fill on the offensive line. Because and it's physical and emotional there. Yes. Like the whole season, you're going to be thinking about the him. loss of Sione yes. Bicoso. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that one, I mean, it just hurts for just numerous reasons, yes. right? On the field, the least of these. Yes. Yeah. So the offensive line uh, has a lot of my attention. What What is BYU going to do? How are they going to uh, offer up a follow campaign to what was – a glorious time for BYU's offensive front. Perhaps the greatest offensive line in BYU history. I mean, there were some ones in the 80s that you could say, hey, there were some NFL guys there and they were road graders, but their jobs were different than this version of BYU's offense. This version of BYU's offense has to run the ball more effectively. Back then, they were excellent uh, pass blockers and they would tolerate more sacks and interceptions. Nowadays, they protected Jaron Hall. He didn't throw a lot of picks. It was, uh, it was glorious. Yes. You can make an argument that the last two years were the best two years of offensive line play ever <laughs> at BYU. I'm serious. I think it was really special. Tyler Algier had – oh, he's a special player, right? Yeah. A single-season rushing record. That combination last year yielded yes. a ridiculous rushing a season. A record. Yeah. Yeah, special time for yeah. sure for the and offensive line. The way that Jaron wasn't sacked, the way that Tyler ran the ball. And, and you certainly look at those numbers and you think, hmm, BYU certainly could have won eight or nine games if they had run the ball more effectively. No question. Yeah. Uh, I want to add quickly to the strength and conditioning, the offensive line we've talked about. Yes, BYU needs a backup quarterback. The receiver's room is a little bit thin, and it's taking nothing away from the three starters that BYU we think are going to bring back. Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, Keanu, who are all experienced. Really good All group have right proven there. themselves. Yeah. Solid core, right? Solid starters group. We were expecting Redden Cosper to support that group. He is uh, He's bounced. Gone. Gunnar Romney is gone. Yeah. Puka Nakua is gone. Terrence Fall has transferred. Terrence Fall, exciting future, possibly had one catch. We don't know what he was going to be per se, but so there, there would have been nice some, to have him. Yeah. Some gaps to fill in there for the wide receiver depth. So I'm looking at that. I'm sure Fessy Sitake is hard at work. Don't, don't you worry. And I'm sure that Keaton <laughs> Slovis is like, hey, I'm a BYU. I've thrown to can, a lot of different receivers. Yes. Can he recruits somebody in BYU. Can Keaton get some free agents, if you will, yeah. to come in and be a part of this? So while there are many pieces coming into place, we've clearly outlined there are several things that still need to happen. And Spence, over time, have we ever really been that worried about wide receiver at BYU? It's always been just solid, solid. to good yeah, to solid. great, right? So I'm not that worried. But in the Big 12, you almost wonder, okay, do you have to outshoot some people and you need some yeah. depth there? Maybe that's where it's like, okay, you need more than you've had. Yeah. yeah, You need a group like this year where you have some depth. And the tight end pass-catching options will help, too, with Isaac Rex and Jackson Bowers. We're going to talk, talk to Jackson. on the show today. I'm stoked about Jackson. The only top 300 recruit that BYU has signed uh, this year and maybe even recently. Three Top 300 is not yeah, a thing BYU he's gets. Big time. He's big time. Okay, topic two. The NCAA Transformation Committee released a recommendation yesterday opening the door potentially for sports like men's basketball, baseball, to expand their postseason tournament. If they have 200-plus teams, they're saying, okay. hey, consider 25%. Uh, of all those teams in uh, the NCAA tournament. 363 teams would be about 90. Do you want to see March Madness expanded? And if so, could it help BYU? I am of the opinion that March Madness is fine at 68 teams. 
I think the exclusivity of the group right now and how difficult it is to get into the tournament just makes it a lot of fun. It, it's okay. Like, I'm all about inclusion and yeah, great. If they want to expand to 80 teams, fine. But I would not go higher than 80. They're talking about That's not 25 percent, sir. About 90? Is that up to 25 percent? The most I would go is 80, and the reason I chose that number is because I would give, if you are a top four seed, you'd have a first round buy. Like, if you're a one, two, three, or four they seed. They used to do this in the 80s, by the you've way. You've earned it. Yeah, it was 48 teams, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, when BYU makes the Elite Eight in 81, it's a 48-team tournament. Yeah. And BYU so, was the six, and they played in that opening round. I'm okay with that concept where it's like, all right, you, you were so good, you're a top 16 team overall, you have earned a first round buy. You deserve it, yes, absolutely. And then you would start playing the first round if you were a five seed, and it would go all the way to a 20 seed, which just sounds so dumb, right? It, it sounds silly to The me. Onion did a video like a decade <laughs> ago where they did like 4,096 teams, and they had like the Painters College. The New Jersey Institute of Truck Driving. Play, playing Dallas uh, Roberts Hair School. Yeah. Yes, I remember. It's, playing the Springville 7th Ward. Yeah. I like it. Like, 68 <laughs> teams is a good number. In fact, that would be fine if it's... 68's so random. It stayed at 64. Extra four. Like, when it was 64, I was like, yeah, the field is 64. The plus four is kind of fun. Granted, BYU in the last decade has been they that team twice. They benefited from that, right? Twice, Eska, Iona, and For unfortunately sure. Ole Miss. I wouldn't go more than 80. Yeah, and, and if you want to reward your top four seeds, great. Just don't make it more than 80 teams. That's that's so many. And I know there are a ton of college basketball teams. 363 in D1. Yeah, so 90 would technically be like the 25%, yeah. but that just yeah. feels way too high. Okay, let's talk about it. As a fan, no, I don't want to expand it. But as someone who wants BYU in the NCAA tournament, I think in the Big 12, because of how hard it is, by the way, they average uh, six of the ten getting in. All 10 are in top 44 right now in net. Nine of the 10 are in Lenardi's bracket yes, right now. The, the Big 12 is going to be okay. that conference this year. They're going to be this conference so against nine in. How often is BYU going to make it in a 68-team tournament in the Big 12? I am concerned that it might be more than or less than one every four years, which is sort of where BYU has been a little bit here the last several years. Um, I, if it goes to 90... Essentially, you're saying most of the NIT teams, you get in. That would be where BYU would fit. Like, if BYU wants to actually make the NCAA tournament pretty consistently, two out of every three years, three out of every four, which I think would be awesome, then I think that expansion certainly would benefit BYU. Um, does BYU need to raise its game to make the NCAA tournament in the Big 12? Either way, yes. Um, and I look forward to what that looks like. But it could be painful for a little bit of – Oh, my gosh. BYU's got to schedule nobody in non-conference, mm -hmm. and they need to go at least mm – -hmm. I think I've said my motto is like 10-3 and three in non-con, 7-11 and 11 in conference, and then 1-1 one and one in Kansas City. And then you hope on Selection Sunday that you can pull off what Iowa State did last year, which is losing record in league, 11 seed, got to the Sweet 16. But if it goes to 90, you, you help yourself quite a bit. Yes. You do. It just seems like too many teams. But the, to take on the 24 seed this week, like, what? what? <laughs> That's so many yeah. basketball teams. Yeah. For what it's worth, John Rothstein did add, and he's College Basketball Insider for those who don't know, while the NCAA Transformation Committee has recommended an expansion of championship tournaments to incorporate 25% of the teams, there is a belief that the NCAA tournament is viewed as different 
entity when it comes to potential expansion for championship tournaments. Well, that blows that up. Added source, the agenda for next week's D1 Board of Directors meeting at next week's NCAA <sighs> convention does not so currently bad. include expansion for the NCAA basketball tournament. Well, there you go. Um, so the idea of 90 is what we're talking about. Because it's, yes. it's not actually 80. According you go to, to 80, you just add the top three seeds from the NIT, those 12 teams. Yeah, so last year BYU was BYU a top two seed. So BYU would have made it. Would have made it it's a question of what do you value more, the uh, March Madness as a whole or BYU in the NCAA tournament? Both, I'm telling you, it's both, gonna, please. We all know it's going to be a rough road, but it'll be a fun, but rough road. Yeah. All right, to Voice of the Nation, our question of the day goes back to football. We talked priorities, and there are still several that we believe need to to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. What's the next priority, in your opinion, for BYU football this offseason? Kyle Nelson answers on Instagram, finding a way to improve player health and safety throughout the season. Yeah. Other than defense, it's been BYU's Achilles heel, pun intended, for pun several in years. A rare BYU's pun intended. Yes. Okay, it's always pun unintended. Thank you, Kyle. The Achilles heel. Yeah. Thankfully, haven't been too many Achilles injuries Knock on wood. Liz Frank, BYU. though, not a fan of hers. Liz Frank, no, ACL, Liz, MCL. Not, I don't, I'm not friends with Liz on Instagram, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many knee injuries and ligament tears. and like, like a weird amount of those injuries in comparison to other college football teams. Feels like it, right? Yeah. Okay, BYU basketball with Mark Pope's on demand as the coach. And Atiki Ali Atiki joined Gregor Bell to talk about the seven-game win streak. Big games at LMU in San Diego this week. It's on demand on BYUSN.com and the BYU TV app. Up next, our conversation with BYU's newest defensive staff hire, Justin Enna, is back in Provo. He's coaching up those linebackers. We're going to ask him about how to improve recruiting at BYU as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play -play. alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Yesterday we spoke with new BYU linebackers coach and defensive assistant Justin Enna across the way in the Cougar Council Room. Topics discussed. So much counseling going on. Include what brought him back to BYU now, the difference a Jay Hill-led BYU defense will make, and what his relationship was like with head coach Kalani Satake when they were roommates in college. Here's that conversation. Coach, why was now the right time and opportunity for you to return to BYU? That is a great question. Um, I think, uh, again, it's always God's timing, right? When it's all said and done, um, you go through uh, transitions, you're growing, you're becoming a better coach, you're becoming a better human being, you're doing a lot of different things and, and, and hopefully your, your tra trajectory is always upward and onward and so um, I'm, I'm truly excited to, to come and join Coach Sataki's staff uh, along with Coach, coach Hill and, and the defensive staff. They're great people, great human beings. Um, I'm excited to, to, to bring passion, energy, um, and a little bit of toughness as well. We, we, we need our guys. Again, everywhere you've gone, you've got it. You're successful by being tougher than your opponent. And again, schematics, scheme is always great, but it, the principality of, of, of football is, is almost, it's, it's a fight. And you have 11 battles going on at one time. And if your team is winning those battles, all right, you're, you're going to get a W usually. So um, 
Why I'm here right now <laughs> is probably because um, God wants me here right now. And so I'm, I'm, I'm completely happy, glad to be back home uh, in the state of Utah with, with family. Um, and uh, I'm blessed to be here. Hey, you've been to every school in Utah, which is pretty awesome, right? Uh, what's it like to be, uh, have the Y back on your chest? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. My, my son gets home from a mission tomorrow. And, uh, That's exciting. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm what, really excited. What's his name? Where was he? It's Justice, and he served in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Spanish-speaking. So, Very nice. Yeah, he's going to come back and, and go play at Utah State, of all places. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> kind of crazy, but uh, it's just it's, it's awesome for him to come back. But he, we were talking. He's like, Dad, you kind of have um, – you've done all the schools that have football besides Snow College. And I was like – Besides Snow. So it, it's, been a, it's been kind of a, a crazy – a crazy way to get back to BYU, I'll tell you that. Besides playing here, you know, now I'm coaching here, so I'm, I'm beyond blessed to be here. Justin Ennis on BYU Sports Nation. How long has the opportunity to come back to BYU been on your radar? If you could walk us through the timeline of all of this transitioning back to Provo. <laughs> Even when I first got into coaching in 2008, you know, I wanted to come back and, and uh, to BYU at some point. And BYU still, it's, it's the it's a pinnacle, I believe, to, to come back home and to um, go into that stadium. And, and again, I was coaching at Utah for four years, right? And we, would, we came here twice, and there wasn't a louder stadium in all of college football. It was beautiful. It was awesome. And you get those chills, and it was weird wearing the different color, uh, wearing that red. But it was also just like the 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 fans of BYU are are as diehard and as true as as you'll ever find in college football and uh, I'm I'm just appreciative to to come back and and figure to be part of such a good staff that Kalani's put together he's such a he's a good man we just got to see him uh, a few minutes ago and just uh, we were roommates together I mean the the brotherhood that you have <laughs> and again the the good thing about Kalani and and everybody I mean you've got to pay your dues you they're not going to hire no slappy here, right? I mean, you've got to make sure that you're a great coach and you do what you do and you love your players, but you hold them accountable and you get the very most out of them. So I've been blessed to coach really good football players and um, I'm excited to, to, to do it here at BYU. What was Kalani like as a roommate? And now, are you talking road roommate or like actual No, we were roommates roommate. and then on okay. road as well. I yeah. mean, Kalani... Kalani knows how to have fun. I will tell you that. <laughs> but he knows how to, to, to get to work too as well. And we would have, there'd be a few times where we'd get kicked out of practice because we'd either I cheap shot him or he would, he would come and we would just be back versus well, linebacker. We'd be throwing, yeah, we'd be throwing punches. And then Coach Edwards is like, get the heck out of here. And then we'd walk in and we'd go in, into the showers and then we're like, hey, what do we do now? And we're just hanging out and I don't know what we do. Like we just go home and you just never collabed. Where no. you're like, hey, I want to go watch this. No, we sometimes we would, but we never collaborate. And do that, but that would be a, a really good idea. But we were always just always making sure that again we were, were competitive, and and in order to be successful in this game, you better be ultra competitive because again, again, it, it's a battle, and it should be a battle that way. But it's also should be really fun. And Kalani's one of those guys that knows how to have fun, even in 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 horrible, not horrible situations, but sometimes things don't go your way, right? Yeah. You just got to make sure that you, you pull yourself up your, off your, your bootstraps and just get to work because, again, the sun will come up tomorrow and it's time to get back to work. You are inheriting a linebacker's room that 
has some continuity, clearly losing some big pieces as they pursue their NFL careers. But Or transfer. You yeah. bring back Ben Bywater and Max Tooley that lead that group. Yeah, and to Jeremy's point, you, you lose Keenan Peely to a transfer. What do you know about the BYU linebackers right now? Yeah, uh, cool thing. I, I talked to Ben last night, and he called me up, um, and he said, hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. And, and I recruited him at Utah when I was there. Long body from Olympus. I mean, the, the kid's a, a really good football player. I, I told him I, I just watched your pick six against the uh, New Mexico Bowl, and I thought he did some really good things. He's, he's, he's big, long, and athletic, and that's one thing I've always been looking for, right? And then you also have Max Tooley. Um, again, we recruited him out of Bountiful. Uh, the kid's a tough kid, and I love the way he strikes. Uh, Max is one of those guys that that we lost to BYU when we were recruiting battle, and he's uh, he's 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 got a lot of edge, and so that's what I, what I'm looking for, especially as a linebacker. You got to be tough, and you got to have edge. Of course, you got to have some genetics involved, right? You got to be fast and 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 somewhat physical, but having that edge and that toughness um, will take you a long ways really well uh, and then there are questions about some of the other guys certainly those two return but um i guess what what's the next couple of weeks and months like for you as you try to develop that group and you have spring ball coming up yeah so i think a lot of the time is just getting to know your personnel um and then also understanding what coach hill wants to do exactly uh and i, I suppose it's going to be more like weber state and uh what he did there uh, a lot of single high defense a little bit of cover three as well and possibly a little bit covered too. So I'm excited to see what he does. But again, uh, no doubt in my mind, I know what Coach Hill is going to want. He's going to want toughness and athleticism. And um, it'll be fun to be around him again. I, I was his D coordinator in 2014 when he first took the job at Weber State before I went to Utah. And uh, uh, Coach Hill is, is, is very, he's very particular. He's very organized. He knows exactly what he's looking for. So uh, I'm excited to be uh, to help him grow this defense and, and, and get the right players where they need to be to, to be successful. How much did your relationship with Jay Hill impact your desire to want to be at BYU right now? Oh, there was no doubt in my mind. I've, I've been in the system. Um, it, it was going to be a nice move. I coached the D-line at San Diego State last year and had such a good time doing it, but it was my very first time of coaching D-line. And uh, again, learning from, from Coach Hoke over there, who's also the head coach, kind of like a guru at the D-line. It was fun to, to learn from him. But Coach Hill, um, seeing what he's done and developed in the last seven, eight years at Weber State, from being kind of the poor man's house of the big sky to, to owning the big sky year yeah. in and year out because of the scheme that he does. And again, you've got to play great defense to win championships. And so, and then not only saying that, but our offensive uh, coaches and staff are, are amazing. I mean, I coached with Aaron over there, Coach Roderick at, uh, at Utah, um, coached Fessy Satake. <laughs> I was the coach well, at SVU. Could he be coached? Huh? What's that? Could he be coached? Oh, he could be. That was the good thing about him. Had a little bit of style and flair, but that's, that's the Satake family. So um, he's, he's, a, he's an awesome kid. Coach Clark, uh, I was the D coordinator. Coach Clark was the offensive Everybody's coordinator. Everybody's coach was Steve. We, exactly. He's so connected. Oh, he's such a good man, yeah. too. The, the, the way he does things, um, he, he brings it all down to earth. Because, again, when it's all sudden, I kind of stole what he, what he says all the time. It's a physical fight every single, every single down. And, and you're going to lose some every once in a while, but you've got to understand, like, you've got to have toughness, and you've got to play the game the right way. Steve Clark's the best. Before the Utah Tech game, which you were at Utah Tech recently I was. as well, right? Um, 
<laughs> I go, hey, what do you, he has headphones on. I go, what are you listening to? He goes, corn. <laughs> it's like, who's <laughs> listening to corn? Apparently, Steve, yes. Clark Steve Clark is, which is awesome. But I wanted to ask you about sort of the influences of uh, obviously where everybody's been and where they played on this staff. It feels like it's some of the best of BYU historically, having played here or coached here, the best of Utah. And that combination, I think, is going to be pretty special. Yeah. Um, walk us through sort of strategically what the conversation have been like of like who we are as a defense. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you again how, it, how it's usually been set where I've been and where I've, I know where Coach Hill has been, it's, it's always making sure that you have a championship defense. You're going to build defense the right way, and it's going to, it's going to be done by, by being more aggressive. Um, I'm not a drop-eight guy. I know Coach Hill's not a drop-eight guy. We're guys that want to, to, to press the passer, right? You have to affect the quarterback in some way and somehow, whether – bringing four, bringing five, six, sometimes seven if you need to, but you've got to make sure that the quarterback understands that he's going to be under stress. No one likes to get hit in the face. I mean, not in the face, I say more in the chest, the strike zone area now to be more. <laughs> in the non-targeting <laughs> Exactly, yeah. the non-targeting sense. But at the same time, you have to affect the quarterback. Everybody understands that in order to win games these days and play great defense, you've got to affect the quarterback. I mean, you, you saw that last night with Penn State and, and Utah. Yeah. They were affecting, unfortunately, Cam and then uh, Bryson almost every single down. And that's, that's something that those guys never felt comfortable in the pocket. And so if you're getting a, a, a quarterback that's always maneuvering and, and, and changing his angles, his drop angles, I mean, it's affecting the whole offense. So you have to affect the quarterback, number one. The other thing is making sure that you get the personnel to affect them. All right, So um, you, you win the game in trenches. All right, whether you're O-line or D-line, I'm specific, specifically talking about D-line. So you better be getting some, some good edge rushers, some interior guys. I mean, uh, again, playing you guys when I was at Utah, Kairos Tonga, right? I mean, he took on three blockers almost every single down. Monster. And, it, and if you didn't, he, you were going to fill his presence. So um, we got to get some, some interior guys and then some, some great edge rushers as well. New BYU linebackers coach Justin Enna is on BYU Sports Nation. As the Cougars transition to the Power 5 level and into the Big 12, understandably, everybody wants better recruits and, and big-time recruiting. How do you feel like this staff will tackle recruiting, and specifically you in your role? Yeah. BYU is such a, an amazing place. It's very unique. All right? it's, it's a place that, that, that values... Um, human decency, right? It, it's it's the the Lord's University. I'll, I'll say that right here and now. It's it's one of those places where the the a, a good fit, athletically, might not be the best place for us here at BYU. You've got to make sure that you find someone that is well rounded in, in in every facet of their life, because BYU is. is when we always used to tell our our uh, our recruits here when I hosted here a long time ago, you're in a fishbowl. And you have to understand, like, hey, you're, you're, you're the notoriety here in Utah County. Hell, probably, <laughs> maybe even <laughs> here in the state of Utah. And so you have to understand, like, people are looking at you, and, and you have to make sure that you abide by the honor code. You do the things that you're looking for. But anybody, and I always tell this to my, my players that I recruit, and then also the players that, I, that I've had other places, until someone tells me that alcohol and drugs are going to make you a better football player, all right, I'm not going to do them. 
And so you have to make sure that you understand when you uh, stick with the honor code, you sign the honor code. Uh, we're looking for, for good men that want to be great football players. And again, you, you'd be the hero down here in, in, in the state of Utah and, and, and we'll be winning a lot of games. I'm just, I'm truly excited to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you back. Yeah, You're awesome. the final piece of this defensive staff. <laughs> so uh, you've rounded it out, and we appreciate the time and your busy and schedule. And we got to make sure you have some BYU sports. We got, we got we you. Got I appreciate it. Thank you, you so much. Got some for you. This is awesome. Enjoy that. Welcome you guys back. Are awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you, gotta, you so much. You got to add your wardrobe, right? This is awesome. Yeah, I will take it. <laughs> Justin, thanks for the time. Thank you so much. How about the relationship of Justin Enna and Kalani Satake as college roommates when you're punching each other in practice, Lavelle <laughs> kicks you out, and you're like, all right, well, what, what do we do now? I think he just got the idea that I brought up of, like, you could have done that on purpose to, like, get out of practice as roommates. But great to have Justin back. Obviously, we watched him growing up play middle linebacker for BYU. Awesome to have him back. He's, he's been to some great places and learned some great things and done some great work. So good to have him back, part of a really nice defensive staff. Okay, join Greg Rubel on the call tomorrow night as the Cougars play LMU and men's basketball. Pre-game with Shep begins at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU men's basketball on a seven-game win streak, one of the longest in the country right now, but how long will it last? Eight? Nine? Beat Gonzaga? Gasp and win 10 straight? We'll discuss next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a snow-covered campus of BYU. Students just chilling <laughs> until next Monday. Make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. He's Jeremiah Spencer. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Men's Hoops tied for the 10th longest winning streak in college basketball at seven games after New Mexico lost last night. How long can they keep the win streak going, Smith? I think BYU's got a great shot to get this to nine. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's tough. You're on the road. LMU's a good team. Like, it's most likely to end tomorrow night at LMU. I think BYU will beat San Diego. But, hey, why not nine before you have to come then home and play, play Gonzaga? Gonzaga at home. Yeah. Certainly you won't be favored to win that at home. Gonzaga's good, uh, of course. Their three losses are to, like, top 15 teams. Um, yeah, I think you can get to nine. Yeah, BYU goes down and beats LMU, who's a better LMU team than they were last year. BYU had to come back down 17, by the way, at LMU last year. That was a tough comeback win. San Diego in the Slim Gym for the final time, and then you say sayonara to go and play those. Yeah, you want to hear a wild stat about BYU-Gonzaga? BYU has more wins at the kennel over Gonzaga than they do in Provo. How about that? They've Against beaten Gonzaga, Gonzaga twice yes. in Provo, and three times they've won in the kennel. It's only twice in Provo, huh? Three, six and 23 overall. Yikes. It's more wins than anybody else against Gonzaga true. in the league. Trevin Nell is participating in practice. Does BYU need Trevin Nell to return this season? Or are they okay with the roster of guys they have right now? Certainly a shooter of Trevin Nell's capabilities is always welcome. But in terms of fitting him into the rotation, it's pretty busy and log-jammed at this point, so this will be a challenge to figure that out. But if Trevin's ready to go, you certainly welcome that shooting because I think he'd be the most consistent three-point shooter that BYU would have. BYU's not been great from distance uh, from most guys. They don't have a 40% guy outside of Noah Waterman right now. It still sounds like he's at least two or three weeks away. So we're talking about, okay, BYU would then get Trevin Nell for like eight conference games. Is it worth it? Is it worth like it? Like Gavin Baxter, it was worth it because he beat Gonzaga. Like you needed him as a big 
You only had uh, Yoli Childs and uh, Colby Lee at the time. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth it, but personally, I want two years of Trevin Nell in the Big 12. Absolutely. He'd have at least one. If basketball was like football and got to play 25% of the season and you could still redshirt, why don't they do that in the other sports? Why not? They should. Noah Hain blew a redshirt playing the last four games of men's volleyball last year. Yeah, I I don't know if it's worth it. I'd rather have him for full seasons in the Big 12. Yeah. Okay, right. Bill Connolly, SP Plus, gave BYU a 12% win expectancy in the New Mexico Bowl, lowest of all wins this season. Was that BYU's most unexpected win then? <laughs> I think the BYU at Boise State game was the most unexpected win. Because, because BYU history. had, yes, it always had trouble playing on the blue. BYU had lost four straight games going into that contest. Remember, BYU's four and five going up to that. Boise. Uh, and that started the four-game win streak to close out the season. So I'd say it's still at Boise State was, in my opinion, the most unexpected. And Boise State had a top 10 defense at the time and all they this stuff, right? They won 10 games. Yeah, they were they pretty good. They won 10 games. They were pretty good. Um, New Mexico Bowl, though, we expected the Mustangs to come out and, and sling it way better. BYU defense rose up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, in terms of win expectancy, that was pretty good. I don't know that we expected to beat Baylor at home, you know? Number nine team in the country. That was a nice win at the time. First top 10 team to go down to BYU since Miami in 1990. Is it the home? second all time? I haven't looked that Wild. one up. Yeah. Wild. BYU men's volleyball starts outside the top 15 in the AVCA preseason poll. Will they finish the season ranked inside the top 15? That's certainly the hope. I don't think BYU's got an MPSF championship team this year per se, but I think they will be vastly improved and give those top teams a challenge. Hoping that BYU obviously gets north of 500 and is interesting in conference. I think a realistic goal is trying to slide into the top three or four in the MPSF. Now, how many teams are currently ranked from the MPSF? In five, the, five of the seven. So, can BYU finish fifth in the MPSF, even Certainly. fourth? If they if they do that, then yes, they will be ranked in the top 50. Yes, there are a lot of question marks. Don't know starting setter. Don't know the second outside hitter. Uh, you know, second middle blocker uh, will be an issue for the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch them develop. Okay, Scott Stallings uh, got a Masters invitation. Yeah, PGA player. Um, but not that Scott Stallings. Um, a different guy <laughs> got the invite. Then he DM'd the actual Scott Stallings, who was supposed to get the invite, uh, which is a funny uh, sports story. What sporting event would you want to get accidentally invited to? Oh, man. <laughs> um, if we're going accidental invitations, like I would love to watch a final at like a tennis championship, like Wimbledon, right? I would love to be invited to probably Wimbledon and watch the Wimbledon final on the grass courts. I think that, that would be as about as prestigious as it gets. Oh, like a Super Bowl or NBA Finals just, yeah, would be would be fun. <laughs> to play in one is silly, right? But to just go watch one would be. How crazy is it that Scott Stallings, the golfer, has, so his wife, I believe her name is Elizabeth. The dude that received the invitation, his wife is also named Elizabeth. And they're both from Georgia, like in the same area. <laughs> Weird stuff happens. My wife is a Whitney, twin sister named Lindsay. My two sisters are named Whitney and Lindsay. There you go. Crazy. <laughs> all born in Portland. Okay, uh, catch all the sports content on BYU TV On Demand on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Up next, four-star tight end recruit Jackson Bowers tells us why he stuck with BYU when Bama, USC, and all the big boys came calling. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It is time for one of the newest BYU football players to make his BYUSN debut. He is recent signee, a four-star recruit, ESPN Top 300 guy, Jackson Bowers, a BYU yeah. tight end, joining us. Jackson, yes, welcome What's to up, BYU brother? Sports What's Nation. What's up? How are you guys doing? We're good. We're even better uh, now that we're talking to you, man. Repping the Y, you're looking good, yes, man. Hey, it's great Thank to have you, you with Thank us. You. Uh, you're obviously in your car. Uh, hopefully we got you out of class or something, out of some homework. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> we'll apologize to your teachers later. But first things first, BYU football. Why was BYU ultimately the right place for you when all of these other suitors and schools came in and made a play for you late? I mean, no, no one has Coach Clark as their tight ends coach, so that's probably the biggest one, you know, and Coach Sataki. I mean, those two are just the biggest roles for why I chose this school, so most, but it's them. They're the reason I'm at this school. Nobody has Coach Clark, which is right. Um, earlier in the program, I mentioned a story where pregame against Utah Tech Jackson, Steve had headphones on, and I said, what are you listening to? And he said, corn. And I said, who else is listening to Corn? You know what I mean? That guy's awesome. Yes, but sir. the list yes, of people sir. that wanted you was everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted you. Alabama, LSU, Oregon. Why BYU besides Coach Clark and Kalani? What else about BYU intrigued you? I mean, last year I went to an ASU-BYU game, and I never had been to a BYU football game before. And just the atmosphere and the way that uh, The Rock just – watching the rock and just seeing the just the atmosphere of the football game just really gave me the passion just to want to play for BYU and just the community and just how they support the players that are just it all just made me want to just be a BYU Cougar. Jackson, you mentioned your relationship with Steve Clark and with Kalani Satake. Let's start with Steve. What is it about him that made you say, hey, there's only one guy like Steve Clark as a tight ends coach? I mean, just hearing his story of him being um, very as underrated as a coach just because of his size and then just being around him and hearing his knowledge as a coach, you could definitely tell that he's like a top-tier coach. I mean, and just hearing his story as being underrated, I just I just love it. I just love his story, and I love him as a person. And I know that, like, anywhere I, like, anywhere I would have chosen, he still would have loved me as a human. So, I mean, that's why I chose – that's why I just – I love Coach Clark. Not every place provides that. BYU is certainly unique that way mm-hmm. where, hey, they care about how you do And listen, with, with uh, college football the way it is, there are guys coming to BYU who almost came to BYU to high school, like uh, in Aiden Robbins, for example. But uh, what are you most excited about uh, thinking about your freshman year this fall at BYU? Um, just playing football. I can't wait to play college football. That's been my dream my whole life. So, I mean, I just can't wait to be able to step on that football field and play in front of thousands of people. What type of impact are you expecting to make in year one? Because when we speak with the coaches, they expect you to step in and, and be busy right away alongside Isaac Rex. Yes, sir. I mean, I just need to work hard and get my butt to work so that I can be out there and make an impact because I know it's a huge step from high school to college. So I just need to get to work and um, get my talent up and skill up a lot more. We've been told that you're a tremendous blocker. Uh, in line that you can flex out and catch, you can do it all. Um, where do you feel like you're the best on the field, and and what do you need to work on? Um, best on the field, I feel like uh, just being able to make those tough catches in between like two people or three people down the middle, 
and just blocking. I mean, what I need to work on is definitely speed and just being able to it's a lot more yak and just high-pointing balls. Hey, you can never put too much emphasis on the yards after catch for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Isaac Rex is going into his senior year. How much interaction have you had with him, and what do you know about him? Uh, I met him a few times. He's a good guy. I mean, I can't wait to get up there and just build more of a relationship and see what we could do on the field. It's going to be fun to watch, uh, and it's a talented tight end room. It's going to be awesome. Certainly BYU's quarterback you, uh, but tight end you too. Uh, are you aware of the history yes, here at BYU of the great tight ends? Um, yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I've seen it. I mean, I don't know it all for sure, but I know that it's pretty good at BYU. <laughs> it's, the tradition's amazing. Uh, hopefully you're the yes, next sir. in line, man. Yes, sir. BYU signee tight end Jackson Bowers is on BYU Sports Nation. How do you feel about – playing with BYU as they transition into the Power 5 status and the Big 12 Conference? I mean, it's definitely uh, definitely, uh, just, it's awesome, but at the same time, you're kind of like, you're going to play all these uh, big schools, so you're like new school joining, playing all these big schools, you're kind of scared, but I just can't wait. Just can't wait to get out there and play all these teams, because I love it. It'll be a new experience for all of us, which will be awesome. Okay, you go to Mountain View. Hey, a lot of Mountain yes, View uh, students, not only at BYU, but athletes. So who's the greatest uh, Mountain View athlete ever that's come to BYU? Do you have an opinion there? <laughs> um, I'd probably say Max Hall. Max Hall's pretty good. John Beck's going to be texting yes, you sir. here in a minute. <laughs> uh, it's a debate. We need it's to a have, good debate, we, we right? Need, we need to have that I really, debate. I, didn't, I really didn't see John Beck play, so. Yeah. I, I, I watch I, I watch a lot of Max also. I just have to say him. Listen. Yeah, Chelsea Goodman uh, sticks out. Peyton Dastrip uh, basketball. There's been a lot of yeah. uh, great ton athletes. Of, ton of ties the Mountain View pipeline into BYU. Okay, Jackson, you clearly love football. It it is what makes you tick. But what do you yes, like outside of football? What do we not know about Jackson Bowers as the the non-football player? Um, I mean, I love being with my friends and my family. Uh, those are just the two two main things that I'm around. If I'm not with my family, then I'm with my friends. If I'm not with my friends, I'm with my family. So, are you what a you video do? games guy? Are you are you a music guy? Yeah. What do you like to do? Um, by myself, I'm either with my mom or like I'm hanging out with my mom or I'm on my phone on social media. I really don't do nothing outside of that. Or <laughs> I go and work out and play sports. What kind of shampoo and conditioner are we using these days? <laughs> um. It switches off. Like sometimes I'm an Old Spice guy, and sometimes I'm a Dove type of guy. So it switches <laughs> yeah, off. I like it. It smells good either way. Dove and Old Spice. Yep. yep. Yes, sir. Hey, Jackson, we're thrilled to have you at BYU, man. Um, as Jaron pointed out, hair's looking great. It looks amazing. Uh, I'm sure yes, your teammates sir. are going to love and appreciate that and respect it certainly. Um, final question: When do you get up to BYU? Um, I'm a summer. I'm coming in the summer, so. Okay. Finish the school year out and coming down in the summer. Good luck in your remaining classes with graduation. Enjoy prom, yes, all Thank that you. good stuff, and we will look forward to seeing you in the summer. Yes, sir. Can't wait. And if you oh, need please. to know back to your math class, you let us know. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got you covered. Thanks, Jackson. Thank you. Yes, sir. You got it. Jackson Bowers, BYU tight end, BYU Sports Station. I, I'm so excited about him. He's clearly all in on football. 
Like, you heard he, him. He's I just, going. I just got to get to work. He's going. No, no, I don't want to worry about that. Like, yeah. I just got to get to work. Let's get to work. He understands it's going to be tough, right? Let's go. Hey, men's volleyball is back Friday night. The season opens. John Stanley's excited. I'm excited. We're all excited. 9 Eastern time. BYU unranked. First time in 34 years. In the preseason poll. BYU TV. Friday night. Our rising shout-out today includes some artistry that you could never have imagined. Next level from Atiki Ali Atiki. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Lots of frosting on Mount Timpanogos these days. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Ready to go shred with Ben Bywater and do a backflip on Dude, your skis? I'm the worst <laughs> at anything on my feet, man. Our question of the day, what's the next priority for BYU football this offseason other than keeping Ben Bywater healthy and off of the slopes? No knee injuries. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Uh, Trey on Twitter says recruiting. Just guy named Trey. Recruiting and more recruiting. Yes, Trey. Three yeah. recruitings from Trey. I think he gets it. It's fitting. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It goes to Atiki Ali Atiki for drawing this of Mark Pope. <laughs> Do it good, Atiki. Do it good, man. Good. Oh, I think they get it. They got it, but keep going because I want to see the finished product. <laughs> 15 seconds. Just a very little bit of hair. <laughs> so say it again. It was Coach Pope. You got it. Yes. Clearly. That's clearly Pope. Okay. Good job. Oh, Pope Shinari last night on the Tiny Eyes Pope Show. I'm not going to art shame anybody. I can't do better. <laughs> it's pretty close. Our thanks to today's guest, Justin Ennett and Sorry Jackson to Bowers. No time. <laughs> For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Scott Sonnenberg. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.